the Streams Podcast. Cross the Streams Podcast. Kip and Kane. Season 4 is here. New content in all our favorite segments like Listen Up, Hometown Heroes, Useless Full Information, Calling Men In, and many more. The Ion Brothers are back, everybody. Cross the Streams podcast, March 3rd, I believe. Are we in March 3rd, guys? I think we're in March 3rd. Uh, Tuesday afternoon taping. We got a listen up segment. We haven't had David Gunn on in a couple months, so we're excited here in uh, season four to get him rolling again on his monthly uh, reminders and refreshers of what we should be listening to. But we also got Kane back with us. So I don't think all three of us have been on a pod for like six months. Maybe the last time we were together, I think, Kane, you were coming to us from a Target parking lot. And my niece, Ava, was in the back. I think we were doing uh, when was the last time. So welcome to both you guys. Welcome back. Absolutely. Glad to be back. Glad to be back on. I don't know why you guys are telling me... uh me out. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that, that's all on Kip, man. Kip runs this thing nowadays. I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm a guest like you now. I'm just, uh, <laughs> Kip just, Kip just tells me when to get on, and, and I'm, I'm basically a guest appearance guy nowadays. Jeez, this is, this is tough. Well, you guys got to be in the production meetings. You want more airtime? You got to be in the production meetings. <laughs> pre-production. We got to be in the pre-production. Yep, you gotta, you gotta have an agent. You gotta submit your proposals. What's gonna be interesting? All those things. Uh, David, I know you're we're, we're, you're coming to us driving uh, back to Atlanta uh, from your Orange Theory studio. So if we lose you, we'll bring you back in. We'll just we'll adapt and adjust as we go. Uh, Kane, you're coming to us from Bozeman. So excited to have everybody. We had a chance. I texted you guys a couple things I want to touch on as we get going, but I want to start with how is our podcast listening? Where's What's our volume? What's our frequency? David, this is your segment where you're the podcast guru. Where are you at? Are you still putting in the hours or, or is it reduced, greater? I know you're driving still back and forth from different business ventures. So, so my hours have definitely decreased on the podcast listening. I've, uh, I don't. I only get down to my studio about once a week now. So my my drive time isn't as much. And quite frankly, like me just now, the podcast the the area has grown so much. There's just too much shit out there. I don't even know what to listen. To. <laughs> <laughs> yes. it's, it's like what's become with music, right? It's hard to keep up with music, right? With yeah. Music. Yeah. So with podcasts, it's kind of started happening the same. So. I stick to my go-to, you know, I've always, the Joe Budden podcast, I don't miss an episode, so I stay current on that always, always entertaining, and Jamel Hill, unbothered, I never miss an episode of that, so that's, yeah. but uh, one new one though that I did start, this is in my rotation now, I only keep about three or four rotation, is All the Smoke with, uh, with Steven Jackson and, uh, and Matt Barnes, yeah. Yeah, have you guys listened to that at all? I, you know how I consume it is strictly via their Instagram story and their Instagram posts. But I feel like it keeps <laughs> me up to date because they only put their best like four or five minute segments on there, and they're phenomenal. Yeah, 
because uh, just on their playing days, I really like, you know, those are two. They didn't give a shit about, you know, image, anything like that. Like, they were going to keep it 100 just exactly who they were. So this podcast is no different, man. Like, you know, the podcast is called Up and Smoke because they're both uh, heavy into uh, marijuana and cannabis. Uh, you know, from from a recreational standpoint, but also from a uh, standpoint of just recovery, right? When you talk about being a professional athlete and uh, medicinal purposes. Uh, so they're on the podcast, they spoke, but some of the guests that they have has been uh, great from uh, Stephen A. Smith. Right now, I'm just, I just was listening to one with Jamel Hill. Um, you know, obviously they have Bethel, they had Kobe Bryant on, um, Prior to uh, his, his tragic death, which was just kind of eerie, yeah. Talk with him, Steph Curry. So it's just a lot of great topics. It really kind of delves into everybody, kind of how they got started, their love of basketball, how they grew up. So you hear some different stories about some of your favorite athletes that you, you may not have known. Um, so it's interesting. It's really good, and, and they got a show picked up via Showtime as well. Um, I think it's being aired on Showtime or something like that as well. So, you know, they've, they've come up, man. These are two guys that were considered the bad boys of the NBA that are now like these media darlings, and they haven't changed their image at all. Kane, yeah. have, have you have you listened to it, the, to the All the Smoke? I'm not, but I, I have seen clips of, like, the Kobe Bryant interview, obviously, um, and I saw a couple other things that they've just clips of it on either YouTube or uh, wherever I, as I'm browsing social media on Twitter, whatever it is, and, and they, they pop up. And like you said, I, those guys have always been just the mouse, right, of the NBA yeah. that, as David was, was implying, just guys that you knew were going to have a different opinion from everybody else. And I, I appreciate just the gen, how genuine they are. Um, did not appreciate their games one bit as far as on the <laughs> basketball court. But I appreciated the fact that, again, that, hey, they just were always who they were. They kept it real, and they're continuing to do so, which I think is there's a lot to be said about being able to take who you are and, and make it something that you can essentially build something off of. You know what I mean? Yeah. And not having to adhere to the rules of life in order to, or the quote-unquote rules of life, in order to make yourself a name for yourself somehow. Um, so, in uh, the guests, man, I, I, there's just that list of guests that you threw out there. It's like, man, I'd love to hear some of these conversations that they're going to have. Uh, reminds me, what, what is it, the Knuckleheads, or what's the other podcast? Yeah, that's what I was going to um, ask. David, how do you compare yeah. it to the Knuckleheads? Is it a step up from Q. Rich and uh, D. Miles? Uh, it, it, it's very... It's very similar. I uh, I tend to like all the smoke a little bit better. The knuckleheads are probably funnier. Yeah. Um, they're a little lighter in some of their their content. Um, you know, not that all the smoke is like this dead serious or anything like that. You know, there's plenty of jokes going around there too. Um, but it, it's a very very similar similar podcast. You know. I know this. I know. When you watch all the smoke, the clips that I how I digest it, I know they're relaxing and having a much better time producing than we are, fellas. They got leather chairs, they got a lounge. There's usually beverages and products to be consumed while they're taping. It looks like a hell of a relaxing time. Yeah, they they, they typically got a bottle of Hennessy. They got 
they, they got a couple of blunder days rolled up, right? Yeah. 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 Kane, how's your podcast consumption? Uh, very limited. Very limited at this point. As, as David hit on, man, I think the flooding of the market of the podcast, and I think maybe that's, uh, it's probably always been flooded, but I think the access to it has, has been has become so much easier now. Um, but I stick to my go-tos. I, every day in the morning, I, I listen to the, uh, um, what's the call it, the national uh, radio broadcast of news just to get the daily dose of what's going on in the news that day. And then from there, um, I go to Vox, got the Vox Explained, oh. just to dive into kind of the in-depth stuff. On any given day, if there's something going on in the news that I just want a little bit more in-depth and someone to break it down for me. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I'm always educated on any given topic. Uh, and there's a lot of interesting topics that you, you think you know enough about. And I think this Vox Explained does a good job of just a bipartisan explanation of what the hell's going on on either given side. Just listening, like yesterday I listened to... Um, Super Tuesday, okay, and they kind of explain the history of Super Tuesday and explain why uh, why Super Tuesday is Super Tuesday. And to me, I was like, "Huh, that's that's some interesting shit that I would have no idea about." Yeah, and you just hear these words throughout thrown out throughout the news, but you don't really have any idea what the hell they mean. And this Vox Explained podcast, I think, really helps me just educate myself a little bit about what the hell's going on around the, in the world. Right. Hey, right. you're saying. Vox V O X Yep, Vox V O X. Vox is there. So Vox Vox dot com is another is a great website uh, that I've used. That's that's how I came to the podcast. Is I went to used to go to Vox dot uh, com for all this politics stuff because mm-hmm. they do a really good job of again trying not to be partisan one way or the other, just trying to explain shit exactly what's going on with hey this bill just passed here's exactly what what this means uh and can you kind of give both sides of the story and so i fell upon this um vox explain podcast that you can basically anything that's going on that day you can believe that they're going to come out with a podcast that afternoon that's going to try and explain it for you that was going to be my next question is it daily refresh so it's pretty up to date yep yep it's every day uh, Monday through Friday, they take the weekends off, but they'll come back, say something happens over the course of the weekend, they'll they'll have it ready for you on Monday. I like it. Is it like an hour? No, it's like 30 like, minutes, 20, ooh, 30 even minutes. Better. Oh, that's what I love about it, man. It, it's, yeah, quick I gotta get on that. it's quick to the point, and that's why I like that uh, the NPR um, or, uh, radio deal, too, because that's, that's like 12 minutes in the morning. Hey, so that's... Hey, that, my, that might be a much better way for me to get my uh, information on what's going on in the world than Twitter, huh? <laughs> <laughs> hey. I'm telling you, man, that's, that, that way, so now you're armed. When you go in, now you're ready to roll. When you go to Twitter, you're scrolling. You're already in your mind, got all the info you need, really, the important shit, and you can kind of sort through Twitter like, eh, that's bullshit, 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 bullshit. <laughs> That's not bad. That's, I'm going to definitely weaponize that 100%. I like it. Um, I was going to say on my end, I'm similar to you guys in being loyal to a few. Um, I've got my ringer, Simmons and Rosillo that I listen to. But then what I've gone to lately, and my wife got me hooked on it, is stories and sagas. So two of them I'm going to recommend for people. Number one is Monster. 
It's a, it's a series called Monster, and it just does like 12 episode deep dives. The one I'm on right now is the DC Sniper. And so oh. it just goes through interviews and re, you know rehashing and talking about the DC Sniper. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So that's a great I one. I the Atlanta one. Oh, see? And that's how Kelly started, on the Atlanta one. And so then I got yeah. in on it. It's that was so, a movie. Yes, right? So I got that one, and the other one I would recommend, it was obviously more impactful, I mean, more alluring for us that are in Oregon, but it's called Murder in Oregon, and it's about the 1989, or 1992 murder of the, direct, the Department of Corrections head person here in Salem. They freaking murdered him, and so by the time we were done with these 10 episodes, you knew about the corruption in the government in Salem, and we were driving around in Salem, Kelly and I, like uh, paparazzi, going to the sites, like, oh, that's the banister where he died. That's the building. Just like freaking crazies. But it was awesome. Murder in Oregon. And they got the perfect music, you know, that makes it scary. Oh, it's something yeah. else. So that I needed the escape because I couldn't do basketball podcasts in the middle of our season the way it went. Because if I listened to anybody talk basketball, I just applied it to our team. Like, oh, God, that is how I'm doing it wrong. So I just escaped to murder and snipers. Uh, but that was that was my those two were my go tos and I haven't finished DC hey, Sniper yet. That DC one had to be good. Have you finished it? Yeah, I'm on the fifth episode right now. I had to pause though because remember they shot a middle school kid and that just hit me, man. Because they have the audio yeah. of that kid being driven by his aunt to the hospital and he's begging uh, not to die and that hit me. Like I was like emotionally damn. triggered by that because you know my son's in middle school. Oh, it was tough. So I had to oh. take a break. I had to take a week off. I, I was getting too but dark. They, that was the one where they were like shooting them out of the trunk of their yes. car, right? Like, yeah. Yep. Yeah, that was nuts. I remember that. Yeah, you just walk around and all kinds of nonsense. But it was... Uh, any others before we take our first break? Any other recommendations? So David got us all, uh, all the smoke with Matt Barnes and Steven Jackson. Sidebar, David, I think... You have like you were on to Matt Barnes early because you told me about uh, our guy Rappaport had Barnes on like three years ago, and he was phenomenal as a guest. And suddenly now yeah, he's he, got his own show. No, yeah, he just be talking that shit. Like he, he don't give a damn. And, uh, <laughs> I, I've always kind of liked Matt Barnes. You know, he wasn't shit as a player, but he, you know, he could play defense. Right, he just played hard. Yeah. Right? He yeah. never backed down to nobody, right? He just he didn't have the skill level, but uh, and he was always ready to fight. Like he was just ready. He was about the shit, like right. with the shit. So kind of same thing when he's when he's talking. Like it's interesting now. You see him up on um, he'll be up on uh, get up in the morning with Greeny and those guys. Yeah, he'll be on the first take all the time, and it's like, man, this is a dude that they're trying to run up out the league. Right now. He, and I think Steven Jackson is better on the pod. He, for a while, was on Colin Cowherd's show a lot for the NBA. And he just couldn't, you could tell he couldn't say what he wanted to say, how he wanted to say it, because it was national TV. No, he's not nearly as polished. Like, you know, Matt Barnes is, is, is at least kind of polished, can hold a conversation, can start a conversation. Like, yeah. that's not Steven Jackson's role. Like, even on the pod, like, He's kind of the sidekick. And, uh, I mean, he just really is. Matt Barnes runs and, and really starts every conversation, keeps the flow going. And, yeah. and Stephen Jackson, he'll, he'll add in every now and then. But, you know, he, he really doesn't do much on the, the 
sent me the text, yeah. So this is like a super deep dive into heroism and in society. Oh yeah, so there's so many underlying truths and tales in there about what's really going on in the world, right? Yeah. But this is so it's so dope. I gotta get on it. It's yep. funny, but it's dark. It's kind of like it reminds you of uh, shit. What's the? Uh, uh, it's like a Deadpool. Oh yeah. You know, where Deadpool isn't your typical superhero, where it's like yep. PG and all that shit. Like, this is like gory, it's coming in there, sex, it's like, it, it, oh, it's man. dope, man. How would you it's compare so it to The Watchmen? Completely different. Like, this is just strictly more just entertaining. Now, I was entertained. And I mean, I, I, how many episodes? I did those, I think there was seven, and I just did that shit quick. Perfect. Yeah. That's totally digestible. Yeah, I, I actually, now that you now that you just started to describe it, there was a bunch of our coaches on our staff that were watching it throughout the season that just were same thing, loving it. Absolutely loved it. So we got all the smoke. Yeah. We got the boys on Amazon Prime, right? Not Netflix. Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime. Yeah. We got Vox Explained, and we mm-hmm. got Murder. I mean, we got Monster Series, DC Sniper. In murder in Oregon. I think that that'll that'll, 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 satis- that'll satiate people yeah, long and enough. And I'm almost I'm, I'm now now I'm almost regretting giving my secret away on the box explained just because <laughs> I feel so much smarter. And and 
I feel like I have an, a leg up and advantage on people. <laughs> no. And now, now potentially people are going to dive into all the other stuff that I'm talking about. And now I'm not going to have that freaking advantage that I've been taking. And I don't know if I want that going out there. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about it post post. Let's we'll put it on the cutting edge floor. Really, all you're yeah. worried about is about the 74 people that are going to listen to this. That's all you have to avoid. <laughs> Everybody else will take care of. We'll be yeah. right back. We're going to take our first break. Come right back with an article share in our human state of humanity. Quick break in the show to talk about our Cross the Stream podcast t-shirts now available men's and women's sizes. Three different colors, two different designs available now via teespring.com, T-E-E-S-P-R-I-N-G.com. Or simply go to the Google search engine, type in Teespring plus Cross the Stream and find our search results there, Cross the Stream podcast gear. All right, we're back. And I shared with you guys, it's from The Ringer. I sent to Kane and David this weekend. And it's a long way to get to our topic. But I sent out a Ringer article written by Brian Phillips that said, it's titled, The Astros Trash Can Cheating Scheme is a Window onto Human Nature. So I sent that out. And it's a deep dive. Less, I mean, yeah, it talks about what the Astros did. But everybody in the world knows what the Astros did. Us Dodger fans are especially bitter about it. But I thought the part that I wanted to start you guys on was how it really is a commentary on our expectations of what sports is supposed to show and all of us being former athletes, college athletes, some of us still coaching, David in the fitness industry. And in the meantime, I think this article did a great job of talking about, hey, maybe sports doesn't reveal the best of humans. It just reveals humans in general and the wide width of who and what we can be. What do you guys think? Yeah, I, I, I agree with the overall. <laughs> it, it was interesting, man. It was really interesting because he, he kind of was trying to almost play off the Astros deal. Not play it off, but just kind of downplayed it to a certain extent. Yeah. And, at, and at that point, I was one of the guys that was pissed about the lack of discipline that the commissioner handed out to yeah. the Astros over the course of this thing. I don't want to go too much into all that. Um, but ultimately, I, I felt at the end of the article, I was like, hey, you know what? You bring up really good points mm-hmm. um, as far as just professional sports, the way he kind of framed it or framed the article and the argument as far as professional sports and how we've kind of set those guys up for – He's, he basically was saying he's surprised that this type of shit doesn't happen more often, right. essentially, or just isn't caught or brought to the public's attention or to the public eye more often uh, because of ultimately the dollar bill when it's all said and done. Mm-hmm. Um, and it it makes you think a little bit, like, wow, that that's that brings a great point. And then you start thinking about, okay, now you're talking about, he was talking about professional sports, correct? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then when you look at or think about what we're doing at the quote-unquote amateur level and the amount of money and the dollar bills that are now involved in at the amateur level and ultimately what what's happening there as well. Yeah. When you really take a, take a step back and look at what is happening at the amateur level as well and all the scandals and things of that nature that happen every day, they don't always get all the attention. Um, but it's interesting, man. It's an interesting 
breathe and it really makes you think a little bit like, wow, are, what, what are we really doing um, when it comes to, I don't know, I don't know if it's sports, but yeah, I think you could just argue human nature in general. He talks Humans about are extremely flawed individuals. We invented what is essentially a perfect machine to turn people into cheaters. Sports isolates yeah. competitive, driven, and obsessive human beings with a desire to dominate and tell them tells them that their desire to dominate is a heroic quality. David, yeah. what would you think? Yeah, I, you know, I, I think the first thing I kind of thought of and with the article is just, you know, the, the outrage culture that we live in, first and foremost, right? And yeah. I kind of got that from the article, which I, I completely agree with, like, you know, again, without going too much into the Astro shit, you know, I was like, yeah, he cheated. Like, well, of course, everybody fucking cheated. Like, okay, this guy, <laughs> you know, the outrage that happened from the, the media and the public, to me, was was fake outrage because there's not that type of outrage with other bullshit that happens every single day that we see in, in professional or amateur sports, right? And, Mm-hmm. I don't know. So there's certain things that people are outraged on, and there's certain things that are not. But then, it, you know, the, what you were talking about came with, you know, I think, too, that this pedestal that, you know, society and I think that we put athletes on and the expectation that, you know, these are role models and that sports do bring the, the best out of people. I, I love how it kind of framed it as, like you said, kids, you put these super hyper competitive individuals in this box, right, that are all vying for one thing, whether it's the championship or the division title, whatever it may be, yeah, it's going to bring out, not the best in individuals, like a lot of individuals, it's going to bring out the fucking worst, the yes. lowest their worst quality, <laughs> yes. characteristics, they're going to do whatever it takes to succeed because that's all they've been used to in their entire life, so yeah. failure is not an option, so they will stoop to the lowest denominator, denominator to be successful, and you know, a lot of the times that is finding every possible advantage there is. And I think mm-hmm. that's what they'll find in any sport. Like, they will find anything that gives them that slightest advantage because when you get to those type of levels, like, there's not a lot of difference in how ability. Yeah. Yeah, ability, right? Mm-hmm. So you've got to find that edge. Um, so that's what it kind of, I took out of it, and it kind of made me start thinking, like, God damn, you know, it's, it's true, right? Yeah. Well, what, just think of some of the things that you said in there. Some of the mantras that you use that are used all the time within locker rooms, on the sidelines, uh, during play, whatever it takes. Mm-hmm. Find an edge, slight edge. I mean, all these things that we tell our athletes all the time. Yeah. Right. And then all of a sudden you're you're you're, you're trying to pull the reins back. Like, wait a minute, no, that's that's too far. Now you've gone outside the the framework of the, of the rules of the game. So I, it's, yeah, it's an interesting concept. And, and I think you can, it, it's funny when we talked about the boys, uh, the superheroes, and it's similar concept, right? Yeah. Very here's similar, these, absolutely, yeah. Here's these, here's these guys that have these superpowers and these abilities, and they're held up and put up on this pedestal, but when it's all said and done, they're still human beings that have human nature and human um, tendencies and, and flaws. Yeah. And athletes are the exact same way. Athletes and coaches are the exact same way. We're freaking flawed human beings, and you put us into this environment of this test tube, and, and uh, you're going to get a lot of different results. Right. 
Right. I think one of the funniest parts was when he was talking about, you know, you can go through life assuming that these organized athletes, like you guys both mentioned, that have millions of dollars on the line and a certain level of fame for, in, for infamy forever on the line if they win, you can go through life and assume they're going to try everything within the boundaries to achieve those. But then he says, having left my house in the last 2,000 years or so, I suspect it's fair to think they probably are thinking about cheating. <laughs> and that's that's one hundred percent. I just I really took it as because I, um, as you guys both know, you know I'm I'm big in my coaching and in Kane you are and David we've talked about how you want to lead employees in trying I'm, I'm propping up the idea that the game isn't necessarily the best teacher as much as the people in it. So like yeah, I'm a coach that needs to teach my guys life. Winning or losing on basketball isn't enough. If that was the case, then why do so many basketball players continue to get in trouble? They all play the same game. The coaching and the people around them are different. So this article, I felt like uh, I, I, I agreed with much of its take on the nature. Maybe we should stop the disillusionment that sports only teaches good when it can do both. You know, it's capable of more. And depending upon how that individual human exists in it, you can go down either path. Yeah, I mean, you can make that argument about everything, right? Yeah. About anything and everything as far as the, the spectrums on either end. or um, I, I, Part of me, as I was reading it, started thinking about uh, Wall Street, big business, corporation, CEOs, mm-hmm. and these guys and, and the rules in which the, you're supposed to operate within the business and, and CEOs and, and Wall Street and guys that take full advantage of, of that as well. And you're, you're basically here again is and people, the phrase money's the root of all evil, but you start throwing money in, into the into the conversation. And the next thing you know, you've got these uh, white collar crimes going on and, and um, rules and regulations are being brent broken um, are being changed all the time in order to benefit. And so it, it's it's just again, it's it's. It comes back to the conversation of just human nature mm-hmm. and who are we as human beings. Yeah, you know, you almost could almost tie this back into right the political spectrum, and you know, yep, living in a, in, a, in a capitalist society—that's that's what it is, right? Anytime you're in a capitalist society, which which we are, everything is going to be tied to, you know putting the edge on somebody else because I need to have more than they have. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. So there's always going to be this, this strive to do better and to keep up with the Joneses, right? And in, in, in that type of environment, there's the old saying, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. And <laughs> that's what it really comes down to is, again, getting the edge on somebody and I'm going to do whatever it takes, right? That's unfortunately a large portion of the population's mentality, mm-hmm. right, is, uh, I'm going to do whatever it takes to get more. Mm-hmm. You know, whether, whether right or wrong, I think that's how we're all conditioned to to be, right, living yeah. in a capitalist society. Whether right or wrong, that's just, that's the reality. You know, and it bleeds in it, and it's very predominant in sports, especially nowadays, right, where it's just more and more, because, like, these guys' salaries are or advertising on baseball with guaranteed contracts, like, why wouldn't you take steroids, get an advantage, get a huge contract, and you're going to sit out maybe 
80 of your 80, 182 games? Yeah. All right, but my contract's guaranteed. I've got my money, right? right. <laughs> exactly. The, exactly. Uh, there's a last part, and Kane, I think you had mentioned this in our first episode of this season when we were talking about your level of fandom, you know, like with the NFL, and you're like, yeah, I like the Bears, but I'm less crazy about it. And I was, you know, self-reflecting a little bit too. Like, I'm less crazy about my teams than I have been in the when I was younger. And he talks about in the article, there's a liberation from once you remove the, the illusion that, oh, my team is doing it right. My team is full of great people. My team is above and beyond. So, like, for me, like, I'm still a rabid Cowboys fan. But I'm well aware of who Jerry Jones is compared to when I was 13 and just assumed the Cowboys would do no wrong and they would save a drowning puppy from the river if they could and they wouldn't, you know, want extra, you know, all that thing. So once you kind of remove that, maybe that as you grow into adulthood allows you to separate a little bit in your fandom. Not that we don't all still watch it and text about it, but it's less rabid because maybe you're like, oh, no, no, those are just humans. They, they yep. definitely have faults. They're not gods, so to speak. Yeah. No, that's... Yeah. Yeah, I agree 100%. I, I, I think, you know, I... Uh, that shit kind of hit home for me. You know, in, in college, at the point where you start seeing a little bit more and as where I was transitioning to potentially move to professional sports, right? And then you start yep. seeing that business aspect he And that I I would like I would like cover picture like one of your kids when they were throwing a temper tantrum they plug their ears close their eyes they don't want to hear the truth like if somebody blew up Damian Lillard as a human I think all of us in this state would collectively cry for weeks because like he's the last bastion of no Dame's a good dude Dame is such a good dude and I hope so I don't know any different but there would definitely be like oh man the last one really. The last one, that's it. Everyone, we can't assume anyone is worth a damn. But I want to get, I want to come back. It's a perfect segue. We'll take our second break and then we'll come back with what I was ranting and raving to you two about that I th- think fits perfectly in the state of pessimism we might be talking about right now. We'll be right back. Cross the Streams podcast is available now via SoundCloud or the Apple Podcast app. And be sure to follow us across our social media platforms on Instagram at CTS Podcast, on Twitter and Facebook at Cross the underscore stream. All right, we're back. And so to get, we're, we're following up our discussion, human nature, um, what and how we should believe, should we believe in 
the overall goodness of humans and their their what people default to. So my story I'll share without naming names that I sent David and Kane because whenever I get fired up about something in life, these two get the text from me uh, about what just happened. So I'm at uh, I'm at Leah, my daughter's uh, travel AAU game, basketball. And everyone out there, the second you say AAU and basketball, you can immediately put yourself into a gym somewhere you've been, and you can absolutely picture the parents and the fans and the people there, maybe even the poor referees that are only working there to get a little $50 on the side, but they've worked eight games of elementary school basketball, and they're about done with Bob and Jeannie in the stands yelling at them. Anyway... So I'm there, and of course at these things, they're, they're barely breaking even. They're trying to get the game run with a skeleton crew of staff. So my oldest, Lincoln, seventh grade, he has he volunteers. He loves running a scoreboard for Leah's games. I personally like it because that keeps him from sitting next to me and saying atrocious things about other players out loud that might get me in trouble with people sitting around us. So... Long story short, very intense, close game. Now, by that, I mean it's 25 to 23, fifth grade girls basketball on a Sunday afternoon. So by intense, in, right, let's put it in the, the grand scheme of what's important. Coronavirus is wiping us out. Right after that, though, is the youth lady Saxons versus whoever they were playing, right? Right after that. So Lincoln forgets to press the start button on the clock at the end of this game. And people from the opposing team lose their minds. And by lose their minds, I mean not just saying, hey, start the clock. I mean standing up, hands on their temples as if they'd never seen such a travesty. So this happens with 30 seconds to go. And I let it go. Because factually, he messed up. He didn't do it right. He didn't start the clock right. So it winds down. There's 0.8 seconds left. And the other team misses a free throw on purpose, which is smart. Because there's not a fifth grade girl or boy in America that can throw it length of the floor with 0.8 seconds. But Lincoln once again starts the clock late. So the horn goes off later than this opposing team's collection of adults felt that it should have. And they lose their mind on my son again. And I lose my mind. I decide I've had enough of Bob and Linda and Grandma and Grandpa and everybody else from this particular place in America. And I storm over, black out, and essentially tell them they can get off their adult ass and do the clock themselves rather than yell at a seventh grade volunteer. And I definitely did not deliver it that calmly or without choice words. I may have told them to return to their hometown and wait for the world in the 21st century to pass them by. <laughs> Luckily for me, another father from our team kindly escorted me out and said it's not worth it. And I left, but I was heated, I was steamed, I was so pissed off. And I just don't understand humans. I don't, and that was just a microcosm of all the experience over the weekend being around people at youth sports. And you want to talk about a window to humanity. David, I want your, like, is gymnastics different? Is it just basketball, Kane? Is it just, is it football? Is it because those two sports everybody played, even though they were terrible at it? Like, I have a, I didn't go. The rest of the weekend, I did not attend my kids' games. One, because I didn't think I could be around people, and I just cannot, I can't do it. It's just a window into humanity that is so gross. You guys go. So, 
hatred from parents is definitely the same, if not more. Right, but I think it's a, it's a little bit different because you know, it, it, even though they're on a team, it's very individualized, right? Like, yeah, it's just your, your child, right? So there, you get more of where parents are complaining about the judges, right? Oh, uh, that looks better than this and that, right? And I think that's normal, right? But for the most part, the parents are are uh, are pretty well behaved, I would say. Okay. Um, you do get, you know, the occasional parent that maybe gets a little bit too loud when they see somebody else's score and they think their kid gets better and they say uh-huh. out loud. Mm-hmm. You know, because I'll definitely, like, you know, I'm usually sitting next to my wife or one of my other daughters that isn't going at the same time, right? And, you know, I talk my shit. Like, that's <laughs> what I do, right? I ain't gonna lie. Like, I talk shit about. <laughs> that Florida team was trash. assaulting is there oh the coach really didn't teach her how to do the the vault i mean if he if she would have just told her to do a 12-step approach no you don't really you don't really hear that much like you'll hear a little bit of it more like when you go to pick when i pick my daughters up from practice this year right like and parents are out there waiting and you know you may hear some bitching about like if one kid got moved up or not like to the next level and another didn't well, they didn't spend enough time with my kid. Why don't they do this? But, I mean, it, it's very... And again, I may be so removed from it because I'm not a very uh, social person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I'm just... Like, my wife hears all the shit and then, like, she'll try to tell me every now and then. But then I don't... Like, I just don't want to hear... Like, I'm not involved in it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I keep to myself. Like, there's this other parent that I talk to. This other dad, you know, he, he's a black dad, he's about my same age, he played football too, so he's the only one I conversate with. <laughs> and he, he, we talk all of our shit, but it's just to each other. Like, that's it. So I don't really get in the play. I don't really know what the fuck's going on with the other players. So that's basically what I'm I got you. Kane, are you, I, know, I know you're not in that stage yet with your kids are so young, but thoughts. Yeah. I just picture David in the corner, man, and that, that, that to me is, that would be nerve-wracking as hell, because I remember getting nervous for Dominic Dawes in the Olympics. <laughs> Facts. In Facts. the Atlanta Olympics back in the day, and just to have your own daughter up there would be absolutely nerve-wracking. Um, but I it just, I think, again, gives you a little bit of a glimpse of, okay, what are sports truly teaching us? Yeah. And what are we teaching our kids via sports? And I think, obviously, as a sports nut and a dude that grew up around them all the time, and I feel like they did teach me really good life lessons, but at the same time, it was because our parents told us these are the life lessons Mm -hmm. you should be getting from it. And I think 
it just is it's interesting man i think there's so many negative things that could come away from not and again i don't want to just attack sports because obviously I, I love sports it's what i do but i think there's so many people out there that go are going about it the wrong way that it is in in a sense ruining what you sports should really be about and really sports should be about mm-hmm. and i'm not going to get too high on my pedestal on this conversation because i can already feel when ava's picking up a ball oh. just kind of throwing it halfway across the room like oh shit <laughs> scholarship <laughs> oh boy here we go you know and so and i'm sure i'm gonna be the same way when kyson gets rolling um it's it's just gonna be yeah i, I like i said i'm not trying to judge too far at this point because i'm not in the midst of it but i just feel like from a distance observing there's a lot of uh, issues in, in the youth sports realm and i think we've had this conversation before and again, I, I I go back to money, man. Money is, and again, it's not. It doesn't have to be the root of all evil, but I think there's a lot. Is David hit on it perfectly as far as the capitalist society and, and just kind of the mentality of I got to get some. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's filtered its way in, into youth sports and. You th- I don't are, know. are you are you are you are you are we talking about like hey I've invested X amount in this travel ball or private lessons and that had better equal scholarship. Yeah, I think it's it's a little bit of the investment part of it from the parents, but more, yeah, the parents thinking that my kid, there's a scholarship opportunity, and my kid's going to be that kid that gets a scholarship, even though your kid has zero to no chance of getting that scholarship, and you should probably know that just from being realistic and watching your kid practice or play, mm-hmm. but they're not realistic, and they think that, uh, I don't know, man, I, I think educating parents on, on the realities of, of what youth sports should bring them, and it's not, at the end of the day, going to be a scholarship. Yeah. There's there's just so much, um, I feel like, negative energy from youth sports nowadays. And, and maybe it, it was always the case. And I just didn't see it as I was going through it. Um, but it just is, there's a lot of issues in my mind that just continue to, um, and it just filters all the way up through our level. I'm at the point now where... I'm at the point where I think, I mean, it maybe it'll happen for us just because of the coronavirus, and we won't be able to watch games. There'll be no fans in games anyway because you just you can't go. But I, I think parents should only be allowed to watch via stream. I'm on. I'm a hundred percent serious about that. I think their kids would enjoy playing more if mom and dad were not there. There are so many kids looking in the stands for validation or correction or just out of sheer nerves, like mom or dad are going to lose their minds on me. Like, I just, I cannot, it's disgusting. It really, like, I'm using the word disgusting. I'm fresh off a frustrating event. That is not to encompass everybody that is involved. I'm sure there are fantastic people that do it the right way. But it it does give me angst to walk into a gym knowing that I'm going to be around people that don't have perspective. And it's just like, David, can you imagine somebody coming into your studio on Orange Theory and be like, listen, uh, my daughter needs more shifts and uh, I don't think you're treating her the way you should be. And I'm her mom. Like, can you fathom that? <laughs> oh, man. But we're, and, and, and if I say that out loud, right, and a person would be like, oh, my God, Kip, no one would ever do that. So why do you do it in soccer? Why do you do it in football and basketball and baseball? I don't, I don't understand it. 
you know, it's funny, and we talk, we're talking about youth sports with it, but, you know, again, this kind of goes to your, your, your almost your human nature aspect, you know, and, and people with just their kids in general and whatever yeah. the hell. Yep. You know, no, because that's a good point. You know, you look at, like, my one of my daughters is a voracious reader, right? And she, she does this, um, I don't even know what the hell it's called, Reader's Rally or something, but they have these competitions, right, where they got to, you know, they, they got to, they, they're, it, it, you got to be chosen to be on this team for their school, right, to read all these books, and then you go around and you compete against these other schools, and it's like a, almost a debate style, like whoever can slap the, the buzzer the fastest to answer the question, right, about the book that they're discussing or whatever, right? Yeah. Well, since you come up, here's what I'm talking about. component to being a successful human self-awareness like I feel like we should develop an app and we just turn it on like when you were at that game David you're coaching and you just turn the app on and it films somebody losing their shit and it just it gets delivered to their DM hey is this what you want to put out in the world I hope not and then you move on is that the best right like let's, let's develop self-awareness and I thought about that because my oldest, Kane, your nephew, Lincoln, I, I'm trying and I know, like just like you guys said, I have moments where I'm sure I'm irrational. But I tell him, I will never yell at you about misses, turnovers, nothing. I just want to see a level of give a damn 
in the game. It's all I care about. Mm-hmm. So his yep. team is down yep. 30, and I take a picture of him on the bench leaning back like Dennis Rodman taking his shoes off. And give a shit level is is low. So I took a picture of it, right? I didn't take a picture of him airballing or fa- I didn't care about any of that. And I showed him the picture without, and I composed myself because I wanted to lose it. I wanted to lose it. And I showed him the picture and I said, what do you see? And there was actually recollection like, oh, that's not it. Yeah, I look bad, yeah. Dad. So I'm thinking about our app, guys. We got to find somebody smart. David, you're the entrepreneur. You get it lined up for us. It's called awareness, and you just film people. You don't. Hey, I'm not even gonna blast don't, don't it out, man. Hey, one of my buddies is a patent lawyer, so we can get a patent on it right now. We gotta do this don't, shit. Man. We just won't even send it scout. to the public. We'll just send it to you. This is us helping you. If you don't change, then we will put it on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, 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 but yeah, So you make. And you said you weren't joking, but with parents not being able to watch their kids in amateur sports, right? That's right. What you said? I'm dead serious. Like, don't go. Watch so, it online at home. It's so interesting, right? Because you think about just even our dynamics of, of growing up, right? Like, you you guys had a very involved uh, mom and dad, right, in sports. Uh, the games, I mean, they were both, especially you, kid, but I can just think about basketball with yep. your dad. I mean, he was... He was into you, and I know your anxiety every game was fucking through the roof. Exactly. Do you know what I would have done to have that app? Do you know what I would have done to have them watch from home? God, I might have made a couple shots. I might have mixed in some makes, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what Rhonda would have done with that app if somebody showed her standing up with a blue and white cat in a hat hat on in the middle of warm-ups? Oh, they would have got their phone thrown. I know that. That would be an experiment. It would, it would just be an interesting experiment to see, though. Right? I think kids would have fun. Have a segment, yeah, I think you do have a segment of kids that thrive, though, like, that want to, like, that enjoy and, and want their parents there to impress them. To, you know, they just feel a sense of pride, right, that their parents, yep. you know, so you, you, it could go either way, but it would be an interesting experiment. I, I think I'm basing my my opinion on I see kids at camp and they have fun. They have a lot of fun at camp and mom and dad are right. not there. And then, well, not all the time, but then I see on championship Thursday at our camp and mom and dad can come watch. And same kid is a lunatic. And the only thing that's changed is dad or mom is in the doorway. You know? He was super fun. He loved his Reese's Pieces all week. He had Gatorades. He was ducking and chucking shots. No care. Now he's running through walls to win the trophy. Yeah. So, but on that, much more to discuss in future pods. Appreciate both of you guys getting on. Um, cross the streams. Listen up. Season four. First time getting Kane and David together. We'll be back. Content reminder. The opinions expressed on today's episode are those of the hosts and guests alone and should not be viewed as reflective of the opinions of the institutions or employers of the hosts and guests.